Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 421. My name is Brando. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Kane Roberts. How are you, sir? I'm doing really good. I'm just sort of uh, getting into my routine for the day. You know, I, people people don't know this. I, I, I'm well, The people that know me know that I'm awake all the time. Hmm. Like, they'll, I, they'll get texts from me at four in the morning. You know, I don't know what it is. I, I'm not a big sleep fan. Huh. So I sleep maybe four hours a night. And then, you know, I get into doing uh, whatever work I got to do and guitar. And, you know, I got a lot of things coming up, um, potentially some stuff with Alice and everything and along with some other stuff. So uh, I do that. And then, of course, I work out. And, you know, I've been working out for a long time. So, you know, I don't walk in the gym the same way. I just kind of go in, get it done and leave. So that's that's right where I am right now. I just finished up. Oh, OK. You're at the gym. Yeah, I just I'm in the parking lot actually. So oh, okay, no, I, cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, wow. I, I I am a sleep fan. The only reason I get four hours now is because of my five month old. So we're much different, and I'm probably well, the size that, of one of your a, biceps. You know, that's an official. <laughs> that's an official sayonara to sleep. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And by the way, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. My, my first, and it's a. Uh, it helps me, you know, it's interesting, shape my, my interviews and how I approach it. So, you know, before yeah. we get into your new stuff and with Alice and, of course, the, the Guns N' Roses, uh, the Six Degrees of GNR Bacon, as I call it, and the connection with my guests. Yeah. Uh, uh, for you, I want to know a little bit more about you. Like, like when you, what came first? Was it the guitar or the dumbbell? Like, did you start working out or is it the music that well, came first know, the, for you? The, 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 the dumbbell activities didn't really begin until much later. I was like, you know, I was a skinny kid hmm. with a guitar and, you know, um, I was the guitar player at high school, you know, all that stuff. And, and then, uh, you know, I, I, uh, my, uh, my parents wanted me to go to Boston university and I got in and I quit right away and ended up going to new England conservatory. You know what I mean? And, and at the end of that, uh, you know, after a few years of that, I remember I was talking to somebody, um, a, a sax player, classical sax, saxophone player. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, what's the advantage of, of, uh, of you know, graduating from here? And he said, because it's a very difficult school to get into. They, they accepted two the year I got in. Hmm. So, uh, you know, for two guitar players. So, so he said, it's just for teaching. So I immediately bailed and I moved to, to New York. And, um, you know, I thought I was the shit. I thought I was like, oh, man, I'm fucking awesome guitar player. And so, you know, Alice gets in touch with me. I was good enough for that. And then uh, I move out to California, and oh my God, there's so many fucking great guitar players. And is it okay to do profanity? I I, I don't want to. Oh yeah, no, it's okay. All good. Okay, okay. So so I, you know, it was it was the first level of school that I went to. The next school I went to was the first tour. You've got to do a tour, I believe, to, before you're a professional. Like like I I came off from playing almost every night. With Alice and these big stages, you know, where I have Wembley and Joe Louis Arena, all this stuff. By the end of that day, 
you now know what what it takes to to to, to, to sort of uh, navigate through through a pro world where like there's so many amazing musicians and you know the standard just gets raised and you know w- one of the things um, I tell young musicians and you know older musicians that want to want to you know make something out of their lives you know they say how do you do it how do you how do you get so that you're playing with Alice Cooper how do you get a record deal how do you do this and how do you do that and I remember when I when I was at the conservatory I remember reading an interview by this guy named Art Blakey who was this jazz drummer in this band called Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers and somebody asked him the same question and he said you have to have faith and he said the core of that faith is if if you work hard enough the world will beat a path to your door and i am the shining example of that i'm not saying if you know if you're great i'm not saying i'm great you know this i just worked really hard hmm. and uh i'll say if i if ever i do you know seminars or, or advise people that come up to me i believe i can't even believe somebody's asking for my advice but they they ask me like how do you make it in the business and all that stuff my my point is that there's not one route that you take very often it's a circuitous route it's all over the place like you try to do something you do a showcase you get the record company to come down you have enough enough facebook uh, followers to maybe get some interest going i mean there's a lot of different things that are happening today but the key is that you have to have faith you know it, it's it's you know you talk to any any of the people that i know that are you know quote unquote my peers that are in the industry um the truth of it is they'll all say the same thing everybody told them you're going to fail you, know, you shouldn't do it. It's not a good business to be in. And they're right. It's not a good business to be in if you if you want some sort of security. So so that's not what faith is about. Faith is about taking every step as you walk and you're 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 you have faith that there's ground underneath your feet, that a car's not gonna come out somewhere and just like blow you away or something like that. <laughs> and the, the the point is that that you have to say, it, I'm gonna make it. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm going to spit blood if it have if I have to in order to get this done. So, you know, that I became obsessed with with the guitar. I, I became obsessed with me thinking, oh, I I just want to I just want to play good, and then it's just a I just want to do a live show, and then I want to do an album, and then it just keeps growing that way. So, uh, uh, I didn't. I was like a skinny kid. I, you know, I think I played tennis once in a while. That was about it. So, um, it wasn't until I I would say. A year or two before um, I met Alice, that I started getting into lifting weights, and and I, you know, maybe somebody kicked sand in my face when I was a kid, you know, like those comic book ads, you know. Yeah. I'm not sure what it was, but it really took hold. So that by the time he saw me, he was, you know, I was I was pretty big. And you think about it, and this is about my thing about faith. The only band in the world that would have hired me looking like that was Alice Cooper. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So so. I'm I will I'll tell you that if somebody says, you know, is that what I need? I'm a true believer to say you've got to have faith that something's going to happen. Something will beat its path, uh, beat a path to your door. And, uh, you know, th- th- there's nothing else you can say. I can say, well, make a demo, you know, and do that stuff and all, all the sort of uh, sort of functional skills that you have to have. Of course, you have to be great at your instrument and all that. And that's the key. So and you have to love it, I think, too, because you're going to get a lot of rejections. And if you don't love it. You know, I, I compare it a little bit because I don't have, uh, you know, radio is not as cool as being a rock star, but radio is very difficult, and I've I've had a lot of rejections in my life, and I, I told myself well, I'm I'm 40 now, but by the time I'm 28, if I wasn't full time in radio by that time, 
and it took me yeah. seven years to get full time in radio, but I loved it. Uh, yeah. And so I guess to, to direct it back to you, what made you fall in love with the guitar? Was it influence from family? Was it a, a video or um, you know a song that you heard on the radio? What what made you fall in love with the guitar and want to follow that well, that you path? Know, that, 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 that's an inter- interesting question because what you find is, as you know, probably the first ten years of your life are, are the most influential years that you're going to run into. I know this guy, very very intelligent, like a Mensa member, you know, one of those guys. The IQ was just off the charts, and he just had a kid, and he was telling me he was looking at his kid, thinking her brain is an empty hard drive, hmm. and the difference is you can't delete anything. So anything that goes in there is going to be part of the recipe for the rest of their lives. So, you know, somehow I saw myself on stage, you know, I would see, didn't matter who the artist was, I would see them and think like, you know, geez, I I really want to do that. And then just the first time I sat down with a guitar in my hand, it just, it became my life. So any, any sort of steps forward I made was the ultimate form of, of gratification. It was immediate gratification. It's, it's almost like a computer. That's the thing that people are used to. They want faster and faster speed on their computer. They just they don't want any delay. They want to, they want to make something purple. Boom, it's purple. They, they feel good that way. Yeah. And that's what the guitar was for me. If I felt my hands getting a little bit more facile on the strings, you know, my my uh, uh, my perception of music and what I was learning and suddenly, you know, oh, my God, I just played a whole fucking song. Unbelievable. And this is part of the process. And it just it hasn't abated. It hasn't changed at all. I'm still the same way. And I still feel like, you know, the learning process, you know, this is a very, uh, you know, guru kind of a thing on the top of a mountain. But the learning learning process just doesn't quit. You know, and, and that's one of the things that, you know, keeps me excited. You know, of, of course, I wanted to step out, you know, the first year and the world's going to greet me with open legs. You know what I mean? I'm going to be able to I'm able to rock the world right away. But, you know, it takes time. And if you love it, just like you what you said, it's OK, you know, because every little inch you go, you know, gets you. It just makes you feel amazing. So so that that's what it's about. Did your parents uh, support you? Um, you know, my, uh, my dad, uh, not so much, you know, because I, I got into the, uh, the, uh, the Boston university and it was the type of thing where, well, you know, they, they've got a, it's, it's a legit school. He's smart enough to get in, you know, all the times I had to beat the lessons into his head were paying off and I just, just didn't want to do it. So, so my whole thing was. I said, well, can I go to music school? And he said, well, I don't want you to go. I won't name the school because, but he said, I won't, I don't want you to go here. I want, you know, they're both in Boston. I want you to go to the New England Conservatory of Music. And, and he said that, you know, and that, like I said, two guitar players that year. And, and, you know, you know, it's really funny. I haven't really told this too much, but my audition, I don't know if you saw the movie Flashdance, but I mean, the girl had to dance, you know, in front of all these like amazing, you know, educators and and, you know, professionals and everything. And, you know, I mean, I fit into the leotard, but no, no, I'm kidding. No, but, <laughs> but what happened was I had to bring my guitar into a room with all the, you know, the president of the college and all these like famous musicians, uh, uh, jazz and and classical. And by the way, there were no rock musicians in there you know that was the sort of the the, the I, I, it's probably still that way I, yeah. I, I don't know but so i had to play an, an original composition i had to play with a band and they kept changing the key 
while I'm playing. So I had to hear that. I mean, I walked out of there just dripping with sweat and I go, well, I'm not going to this fucking school. I can tell. <laughs> and, you know, somehow I got in much to my parents' dismay and, you know, they ponied up and, and, and they paid for it. So, you know, it, it ended up being a, a tremendous discipline. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, that whole thing I gave about faith, of course it requires discipline. You know, that's how, that's how you get great, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that, that was kind of, that was the schedule of it. So, you know, they begrudgingly did it. And, and it wasn't until I sent a limo for my parents to come and see me at the Boston Garden with Alice that, you know, they kind of got it. Where in uh, Boston are you from? Uh, a place called Newton, Massachusetts. Okay. Cause, uh, Do you I, know where that is? I started my radio career up in Cape Cod, which I know is not. Uh, Dude, I, it's I, I used to go to Marshfield Beach. It's not quite Cape, but I used to go down there okay. all the time. Because one of my buddies, because I would visit Boston a lot, and I would go to Stoughton a lot. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I'm, now I'm hearing, because I didn't know where you were from, I'm hearing that slight, slight Boston accent. Yeah, the accent. Yeah, it comes in and out. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, Boston is... I've, I've, the reason why I moved to New York is I felt like Boston was kind of this you know, stodgy sort of old money place, you know, and, and New York was, was ready to take on anything you, you, you threw at it. And it, and it would, it would either, it would respond honestly to it just, but with not all this sort of, you know, uh, political financial sort of agenda attached to it. So it was a good move for me because, uh, you know, and I remember going there for my first session and I was just really scared. I was just a kid and I'm playing. And I, I remember, um, I had my amp set up and my guitar, I had to go pick something up. So I walked, you know, a few feet away and I pulled all the devices on the top of my amp onto the floor, big loud noise and everything, you know, so, you know, it was kind of a train wreck, you know, I got it done, but then as time went on, I, I became more experienced and confident. So I started doing the uh, studio work, uh, playing in, in different, uh, on different albums or whatever I could. So, yeah. Then how did Alice present itself? Because, you know, here you are, a self-proclaimed skinny kid um, that you knew what you wanted to do and you experienced the, you know, the collegiate pressure. But now here, you know, you're going to get an opportunity to tour with the legendary Alice Cooper. How does that jump go? Because I, I'm sure there's a, a lot of other kids in your position that wanted that job. But what made you the perfect match uh before you went all rambo and and, and that that yeah <laughs> yeah I have a funny rambo story with him but okay. but yeah the um the thing of it is I, I was going in the studio and I was doing the thing and every rec musician is going to recognize it. I was getting in there one in the morning for free with the assistant engineer and I'd record something and we'd mix it and you know I was doing I was doing that all the time and then a friend of mine said is anybody hearing your songs and I said, well, not really. He said, you got to send them to record companies, publishing companies. I sent it to one publishing company called Screen Gems, which is, no longer exists. And they responded really well to it. In, in other words, they, they, they had me come down and I signed a contract with them, which was really you know silly, like almost no money. But hmm. uh, and what happened was um, the guy there was this guy named Don Passione, and he sent it to Bob Ezrin. And Bob Ezrin was, you know, of course, of uh, Pink Floyd fame and, and, and Alice Cooper and Kiss. And, and they called me down to, to, to New York City. So I, I went down there and uh, I remember walking into the office and I, I just saw like, 
just such a legacy of all these artists. I mean, uh, you know, people don't realize necessarily that Shep managed Teddy Pendergrass, mm. Raquel Welch, Blondie. I mean, just so many bands and so many celebrities and artists. So I saw all this on the walls and I was going, well, and now w one thing I, I want to clarify is it's not out of ego. I don't get nervous in, in situations like that. That first session I did, but after that, slowly that went away. It's not because I, you know, I got this. It wasn't that. I just looked at it like it was the flow of what was happening at that time. Mm. It'll either work out or it won't. And I wasn't, I wasn't kind of freaked out by the situation. Mm. And, you know, and I, I've mentioned this before, so I'll make it brief. I walk in to sit in front of uh, Bob Ezrin. And, you know, there's a big window and the skyline of Manhattan's behind him. And he's in this big chair and this walnut uh, desk. And I swear to God, he gave me a lawn chair. I was sitting so low. I was looking up at the Wizard of Oz. And I know it was intentional. So, you know, he basically said to me, look, you're, you're a tremendous talent, but you're half of a great writing team. So I was being, you know, prepared. Mm. And Alice was in the next room with Shep and the whole posse. So he said, he said, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for you. So, and he told me about some of the sort of machinations that are going to go on while I'm there and all that stuff. So, uh, so then it was time for me to go in the room and I went in and I see all these big, you know, big music business uh, accountants and Shep Gordon and Alice Cooper sitting there. Alice and I became best friends within five minutes. I love that. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, what, what was but the he, connection? We immediately, we immediately start joking. Okay. And, you know, he'll say, he just said it again. He's been saying it for, for years. He just did it in a new interview that I have the body of Sylvester Stallone and the brain of Jerry Lewis because <laughs> we laugh all the time, but he's the funny one. I mean, you can imagine that that intellect, if, if you let it loose in whatever, you know, but, but humor it's it's unbelievable. So we okay. were laughing so much and we became such great friends. Now, here, here's the other thing, too, is he just got out of rehab mm. from a very, very critical situation that he was in. It was very, very close to death. And, you know, the the uh, the management didn't want him with anybody that would ever want a beer or drink, you know, offer him a beer or pull out a joint or whatever. Mm. I, I just didn't do drugs. I didn't drink nothing. And I think that was also like they were keeping their fingers crossed that that would sort of, you know, it would work out and that would maintain itself. And we, he and I can, you know, he ended up pretty much living with me in Woodland Hills, you know, as we wrote the, the different records and stuff. So. Wow. Yeah. Cause that was an interesting time for him and he's been famously sober for many years, but yeah, he had a major drinking problem and, and just, it's just amazing. It just goes to tell everybody, shoot your shot. Like just shoot your shot that you were like, oh, do I send my music out to anybody? Okay. And that just led to these little stepping stones and Bob Ezrin Absolutely. and Alice Cooper. And if you didn't do anything, it's, you know, you're, you're, I don't know. It just it tells you to shoot your shot, much like how I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get Kane Roberts on this podcast. Let me send him an email. And then well, uh, it, here you are. Well, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's so true. You know, this last, I did a video recently. You may, it was called a uh, song called Beginning of the End. And I'm in the studio and my I'm about to I sang the first verse and I thought, yeah, I, I kind of killed it. That sounds really good. And then I was listening to it and I go, what if that was Alice Cooper's voice? You know, so I I mentioned it to the guys in the studio and they said, well, you know, he's probably so busy <laughs> or, you know, who knows? You know what I mean? You know, because I know we're, we're best friends. 
but I, you know, it could be the case. He could be in Europe for, you know, whatever. And he doesn't have the time. And I called him up and he goes, I said, can you, you want to sing on a song? And he went, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm in town. I'll be right over. So that's, that's a perfect example of what you're saying. Right. And then my next notion, I'm about to do it, you know, the guitar solo right in the middle where everybody puts it. You know, I really object to, to feeling obligated to do that to music. You have to do this. The structure has to be, you know, verse, bridge, chorus, you know, all that stuff. And people are breaking that mold now, which yeah. is good. But I, I thought, what if Alyssa White Glues fell from the sky and just blew the fuck out of the song, you know? Because that's that's her ability that's what she does she's just she and and she's just an insanely talented musician so i just took the shot sent her the song she said yes and 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 that's and then my next thing was it was done and i'm shooting a video i asked if alice could be in the video and if Alyssa could be in the video and i'll, I'll tell you right now and this is a reflection on on Alyssa's value of of the creative process she flew from europe to uh, Montreal stayed there for six hours and then flew to Vancouver to be in the video. Wow. Yeah. So she, you know, she just gets, you know, forever indebted for her doing that. And, you know, I just think, so, you know, I almost was going to ask Oliver Stone to direct it. And the point is like, why not? It's like, what, just what you said. Uh, well, Shep once said to me in, in the, in business, it's no until it's Yes. And he said, that's the only way you have to look at it. It's not yes until it's no. It's the other way around. And he said, that's what you have to, that's what part of your belief system has to be. Did you notice when you got jacked that yeah. <laughs> that people stopped saying no to you? <laughs> uh, and, and how <laughs> well, do you realize? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, that was a weird transition to that. Because before we go, I want to go more, of course, to talk about Alice. But I'm no, curious sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. about how your life changed with that too because it kind of happened at the same time those are two life-changing things that you did to team up with alice and then your health and your body i mean that's something that people you don't see you, you usually you don't you're, see that, you're no. someone like me i mean i have no musical talent that's why i'm in radio but someone like me a small and scrawny picks up a guitar to be the guitar god to get the girls but because we don't have the muscles you got both right. you know you, you yeah so i mean i'm curious how your life changed with that and you're still in amazing shape well i i started lifting in new, in new york and then uh i you know i used to go to this gym it was in this basement and they they you know they had like sofas down there and heavy weights the place was a fucking dump but you know that's where i sort of learned everything from these guys some of them were like you know gonna go on to do amazing stuff so um and then when i moved to california my days were filled with going to the gym and going to and, and playing guitar and of course you know being with alice but uh in order to get that big a lot of the guys around me were like pros so they started saying hey, you know you ought to do a little juice you know shoot some steroids and stuff like that so i started doing that for a while mm. and i went from 190 to 230 pounds there's a photo there's a black and white photo of me shirtless with the gun guitar i was 230 pounds that's a lot of steak you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I weaned myself off of that, you know, pretty, you know, after after a, a short while. And I'm still, you know, you can see the differences. Like now I still lift all the time. I'm, I'm really dedicated to, you know, what I eat and everything. But for me, the perfect world is to play guitar all day or lift weights 
or just stare at a wall and drool. Those are my three favorite things to do. <laughs> they all sound equally fun somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are, as a matter of fact. So, just, again, just to go, I wish um, I was of age, forgive me, because I'm, I'm 40. I wasn't around because to see that the duo and, and to have that kind of, that's what always made Alice great because he, he himself is a character and then have a character like you who's who's more than just a character you're you have the talent and the chops to back it up and then it's like you have yeah. this visual uh, spectacle so with you guys being best friends then and still now i i know you've obviously talked about this in the past but uh what about the decision to leave uh alice and kind of do your own thing what what well, kind, what, what happened there i'd been with alice for an, a few years uh let me see was it Maybe maybe two two years before we got the first record deal, and then, you know, we did the re- recorded the record. We recorded it in New York with Bo Hill, and then we go back and Michael Wagner mixes it, and now we're getting ready for the tour. And all the time we're just we're it's all my my life the the sort of nexus of my life of course was this you know amazing genius guy Alice Cooper and and you know Shep is as well. It's, that's you know it's the, it's it's almost like me and Alice that that's it's a combination that that really works okay so um so it, it, after the second album and tour which was uh, raise your fist and yell um, I got a record deal on Geffen because uh, they, they oh, actually I, right before the raise your fist and yell tour a, a guy named uh, Michael Alago who signed you know White Zombie and Metallica you know he he wanted me to you know get a record deal on MCA and he wanted to be the guy and all that stuff. So I did. And, and then he left there and I was left with like basically nobody to sort of manage the record, but you know, the record came out and everything. But then after the second tour with Alice, I got a deal on Geffen through Michael Alago again, he moved to Geffen. And the question was, what's the focus going to be? You know, Am I going to split like like? Am I going to spend a hundred percent of my time trying to make a great record? It was an album called Saints and Sinners, and you know, I, I started writing with Desmond Child and, mm-hmm. and Diane Warren. And, you know, in terms of the '80s world or '90s, early '90s, that was kind of, you know, the ultimate. So, and and Alice uh, was looking to go into a new phase. So the story that Alice always tells, and it's true, like I'm in bed. And he's next to me. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm in bed. And he's You're right, so he's good at my with house. that. <laughs> yeah, he's in, in Woodland Hills. I get a knock on the door, and Alice is there with his suitcases, and he goes, I'm leaving you. Like, it's a total, like, movie scene. But, you know, we were cracking up because we knew it was time to part. Mm. So we had already spoken about it. And, you know, it was it, it was it was done very amicably. And then we almost got back together uh, five years ago. I almost joined the band again. But, you know, I was I was uh, doing a, a lot of other stuff, a lot of uh, stuff that was like, you know, motion broadcast design and motion graphics and all this stuff. Still was playing guitar like a mental patient. But but, you know, that was happening. And then, you know, it, it just it just after I recorded with him on my record, I think it just naturally came around again. So there I was writing a new song uh, called D- The Dead Don't Dance for the new album. And then suddenly he go then Nita, <clears throat> excuse me, who's one of my favorite Neat is one of my favorite guitar players and, and just a wonderful person, a good friend. You know, she got the gig. I was really uh, happy about that. And then she had to go. She went to do something with uh, Demi Lovato for a little while. So 
it was just a natural thing for him to, to you know give me a call and i i remember i was sitting there and this is one of my stare at the wall drool moments so i wasn't expecting it and the phone rings and it's cheryl cooper who's also a great friend and alice gets on the phone and this is somebody that this is something nobody knows whenever he gets on the phone with me the i go hello and he'll go he'll sing moon river but he'll say Kane Roberts wider than a mile. He does that every time. So he's the funny one. No, I'm kidding. So, so the, the funny thing is, uh, so when he asked me that, I just went, yes, you know, and, and what it, what it meant for me is I had six weeks to sort of learn kind of the show and 26 songs. And then we had three rehearsals. So it was, it was a big load to take on. But within, you know, a few shows, it became kind of a natural thing. And of course, the rest of his band is is awesome. I, I don't want to I don't want to go without mentioning them like Tommy, Glenn, uh, Chuck and Ryan. They're, they're just really nice, great, supportive people and great musicians. So it, it was just like getting into a big, comfortable chair. And of course, what happened was Alice and I became best friends again. Mm. You know, we, we didn't stop. But now we're going to movies. We're going out to dinner. I meet him every morning, 630 in the morning to have breakfast before he goes golfing you know so it, it was a really great situation and, you know i get the feeling it's going to happen again so i love that as a fan because when you're a fan of a band or an artist there, there's certain people that go in and out of the catalog that you become fans of different eras or you know it, it's just a moment in time of that artist and you uh, as you appreciate it all I, I believe if you're a real fan but to have that you because sometimes it may end poorly and you're like and you, you look sure. back and you listen to an error I'm like ah it was kind of ruined by what happened you, not you, you guys that, don't you you hate that you you do because it just ruins the music for you and I understand people are people but then you have an example like you and Alice it's just awesome where you can kind of just come in and you know just join like an old fit on like an old a pair of slippers or i guess out of yeah. for lack of a better that's analogy that's a great way to describe me i think that's going to be my next album <laughs> no, no, title but you know but seriously um a lot of it has to do with with shep and alice mm. i mean here's here's something on tour back then i was excessively hyper i mean you know i i if you weren't careful I, you know i might elbow you in the chin by mistake you know what i mean i was just really kind of you know over the top alice is the opposite he's just he's a he's a he's on an even keel he's a he's a, a balanced ship you know what i mean and and so he would tell me to calm down you know we'd be at interviews and i started going off and you know he'd say, take it easy you know what i mean so so uh i think a lot of it has to do with them they, you know all the experience that they had mm. and and because they sort of nurtured me through all of that, which makes me excessively lucky. And and when I say the word lucky, because, you know, everybody goes, well, you know, I, I don't have great luck or I do have great luck or it's all a matter of luck. You know, it, it, it's it's that faith thing that you have to believe that your life is not uh, cursed or not excessively charmed. It is what it is. And it's going to it's going to get to a better place. You know, I, I don't know if you believe that. I mean, look what you're doing now. I mean, you 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 have an interest in communicating this way and 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 influencing you know with with the music that you put out and and your interviews and all that stuff and now you, you know you're you're right in the mix you're right in the fucking mix and that's that's kind of an awesome thing to notice you know what i mean i identify with a lot of that you're right and i think um because i 
put that out there because I want people who listen to this podcast to feel the same. It's like you're, I mean, yes, we live in the in the past a little bit and we enjoy nostalgia. That's part of the podcast. <laughs> but it's living in the moment where I can say to myself, oh, I wish I did this interview or I wish this went better or comparing myself to someone else. I'm living in the moment. I'm having a great time with you talking to you right now. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of it is. It's whether it's good or bad or it's that's all. Some of that is really subjective. It's just living yeah. and being in the moment and surrounding yourself with good people. And, and you mentioned a lot of really good people who have been guests in the podcast. Uh, Michael Alago is one of them. Uh, Desmond Childs, he's actually coming back on the podcast. Uh, he is amazing. I, I told you in the email, lucky enough to have Alice Cooper, who, again, he's it's just so brilliant and nice. And I think that you are right. It's because of who he is that helped you who you are. And that's why it just it made it work so well together. I've had Nita Strauss on. So, I mean, it's awesome to see that you guys are really getting along because you, you know how the media tends to be. They try to create uh, competitiveness or uh, you know rivalries where they don't exist. So it's just really awesome to hear about this, the, your, your path and everyone, this family, this kind of Alice Cooper uh, family. And I want to... You know, it's a, stock, uh, it's a thought that's sticking in my head because you mentioned, uh, of course, Shep Gordon uh, a few times, sure. the the sure. manager. So I was, I was, and this is just an opportunity for me to mention something. I was working on a uh, autobiography with Doug Goldstein, the former manager yep. of Guns N' Roses. Uh, he yep. m- might have been with the band, I think, when you guys toured. I, he probably should have been. He's he was with them from like 88 to 2004 so he should have been i'm going to ask about that that later but he what when 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 guns and roses opened for us or? yeah yeah i don't know if that was him or alan niven oh okay yeah no i don't know uh but he said to me because before he quit uh guns and roses and quit being out Al, uh, axel's manager he's like i want to stay in hawaii and manage you from afar and be with my family much like shep gordon does with alice cooper so it can be done and Axel, yeah. Axel said, no, you have to be in L.A. And he's like, all right, yeah. fine, I quit. And he hung up. So sorry, that's Shep Gordon, just a little tidbit I, I, I needed to get out uh, to my, my listeners. But with that being said, I guess, to do the whole segue, uh, what, how early was that in your Alice Cooper tenure when Guns N' Roses opened for you? And what did you think of, of that band? Did you know about them? How much did you know about them before they uh, teamed up with you guys? Well, I, you know, their their history was the Welcome to the Jungle came out and didn't do well. So, and this this is a radical change or difference between record companies then and now. They pulled it, and then they waited six to eight months. They found a, a better time to release it, and then they did it. And of course, you know, this rest of the story. Mm-hmm. It was right after the second time it came out, and so they were still like climbing the ladder. So they're opening for us. And, you know, I was aware of who they they were. It, it was one of those bands that just the, they they just gelled together. I mean, you know, if, if you look at them, you know, in, like street clothes, hanging out, doing whatever, they, they just were kind of a wild bunch. But when they got on stage and they all started playing, they were making, you know, just instinctively the right choices to be with to, to be together and play. The other thing is. I remember with uh, Axel and I, you know, first of all. Visually, I'm, I'm a strange guy to hang out with. You know what I mean? I, like, I weighed 220 pounds. I was like, it's just there was nobody. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't. It didn't look like anybody. Oh, so, 
so I can, you know, occasionally, you know, guys, you know, I noticed any bands, guys are looking at me like Dave Mustaine, like what the fuck's this guy going to be like, you know? And, and, you know, great guy, by the way, he's, he's, he's one of, one of the warmest, sweetest guys. And, and so I remember we were at a hallway. Axel probably won't remember this, but I opened the door and down the end of the hallway is another door. And he walks through it and we're alone in this hallway. We both kind of thought, you know, looked at the door behind us, you know, should I go back out? But we decided to keep walking. And he turned out to be one of the coolest guys. He used to come up to me and uh, while we're doing sound check and, you know, telling me, oh, that fucking solo is awesome. I, you know, like that's the way he is really great guys. And, and you know, they all were. And, and maybe the, 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 the nicest person, you know, that I met in, in that organization was Slash. It's just a very rare human being, you know, the way he the way he relates to people, to everybody. So, you know, it, it turned out to be one of those things. And then shortly after, I think within that year, you know, it would be good for Alice to open for them at that point, you know, because they were just killing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, and it was, you know, it was a great experience for everybody. They were, they were uh, think of it this way. Unbelievable band to have as an opening act. You know what I mean? Oh, and, wow. and they were. Yeah, that I mean that, that tour I can only uh, imagine. So I mean I have some questions for you from from listeners, and this, these relate. Sure, uh, they're going to be um, like Avatar names, so none of them make sense. Uh, yeah. Mister Trash, that's why I don't think his yeah. last name is Trash. Uh, Alice, yeah. as we mentioned, was sober by this time. So how did he put up with the GNR guys doing all the the drugs and the alcohol during the those early years? Well, Alice has a, an entire cultural existence on the bus. So, for example, I, I my first night, this is a real thing. I got into the bunk. I was too big for the bunk. It was like, it's not like I couldn't kind of tuck myself in there and pull the curtain, but it was unbelievably uncomfortable. So I started hanging out in the back room with Alice. I was being on the other side, the other bed on the other side. And then, you know, I kind of like, you know, knocked my way in and started, you know, sleep. Oh, I fell asleep. Sorry about, you know, so I was doing it. And then I ended up doing the whole tour like that. And so what I learned was Alice had his assistant, this guy named Renfield to do, to make him 200 VHSs of, of, uh, Asian Kung Fu movies. And you know, the worst, you know, where the, they fly up in the air and there's flames coming out of the swords and then they roll the film backwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, and, and that's what we did. Literally, if we had a 12-hour drive, most of it was made up with that. So Alice does not really experience anything in the venue mm. uh, uh, until the show. So, you know, he, there, were no, there were no, you know, there was no, like, hanging out with, with Guns N' Roses for Alice. It's just he doesn't hang out with, with the open bands, opening bands, typically. Now, if somebody, like, at the last tour... Uh, some some you know awesome people. Some of the guys from the Beach Boys you know came by, and he and I went and meet met them and said hi and everything. You know he'll make an effort to do that because you know. But uh, when it comes to any opening acts, um, it, it's not that he wasn't interested. It was just his prep, his mindset to, to become that guy. You know, back in the day, especially back in the day, I would be on the stage with him, and occasionally I look at him and I go, yeah, he's he's not right right now. You know, you can tell. Like his mind had gone off a little bit, and but because he's so embedded in that character, and he still does that, you know. Today, I, w- I would see it, and I'm just so fucking amazed, you know. Even at this late stage in the game, he's the best thing on that stage. Hmm. He's, he's the most energetic in terms of like, you know, I, like one of the things I noticed uh, right at that Jerry, uh, that Jerry Lewis, that Joe Lewis Arena show. 
uh, first first show really. We we did some little venues, but our first real show it's 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 Halloween night and it's being filmed by MTV Live. So you know the band is like backstage with their instruments, literally sweating bullets. You know what I mean? Like very tense. And you know the keyboard starts playing. You know, boom, boom, ding, ding. You know, and Alice is welcome to. You know, he sings that first line, and the crowd goes fucking crazy, right? So the rest of the band starts walking up into their, you know, into their stations and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, when the song started, because obviously, you know, I came at it with a, with a heavy metal approach. I, I didn't. I wanted Alice to compete with with Ozzy and, you know, the other amazing bands that were out there. Not that it's a direct competition, but the last thing we needed was he survived rehab. I wanted to make like, he came out like a bionic version of what he was, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, he agreed with it. So, so, you know, when you hear the arrangements, everybody thinks that, you know, I was just going against the grain and everything. He was there for it. And, and, uh, and so when he hit the stage, like he knocks this big cage over, it comes out. The band calmed down. He just took control. It, just, it was unbelievable. And I mean, the last row, he was able to communicate with them. And that was one of the things he used to talk to me about. He said, you have to spread your perception. You, you can't be sitting there thinking, oh, how do I look? Uh, looking at your hand. You, you have to have the show down so much. You don't have to look at anything. You can look at every, whatever you want. If you want to look at your hand while you're playing, go ahead. But the point is that you have to sort of, you know, express yourself in a wider spectrum than just the stage in the first three rows. And, you know, never got as good as, at it as he is. You know, th- this last tour, we were doing the Louder in Life Festival. Mm-hmm. And he's doing Poison. And, you know, he said, you know, raise your hands if you're poisoned. The whole fucking place did it. <laughs> he still has that effect. He's Alice Cooper. Well, he just, he, he knows what to do. You yeah, know, he, he just knows, yeah. No, he he is a a gift, and I, I hope uh, just being in the radio world that his um, his radio show finds another home. I have a lot of yeah. fr- friends that worked at that company that was bought out, and uh, his show was under there, and they got canceled. So, hopefully, because he's not just a performer. I mean, well, that's it is. It's you're performing with a microphone in in this fashion, in uh, in right. radio fashion, right. as opposed to singing. Oh, oh, just it by by the way, the spoken word. You know. Oh yeah. It, it it's it's been it's since people were be able, were able to talk there's always been somebody more eloquent more articulate more impactful more charisma charismatic at, at, at doing what you're doing and by the way it's very good <laughs> by the way this is one of those interviews that you kind of look back and you go geez i'm fucking glad i did that so, oh you know thank you thank yeah. you um and and it's because the, my listeners helped me too with great questions but i was going to ask this anyway uh this is from lords of tan traz yeah. Okay. So this is a question for you, and he's seen photos from it's it's a big it's I'm sure you've seen them. They, they've been very famous photos of the entire Appetite lineup that you were on tour with. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I know. Plus yeah. Alice and you. So his question yeah. is like, who I whose idea was it, and how come it was just you and Alice? Why not both bands? So I guess how did that photo shoot come together? Any funny, any good stories from that photo yeah, shoot? Yeah, I know, I know Lords of Tantras. He's a very, very devoted fan, very sweet person. The, the thing is, um, Alice and I were best, we're, we're very close. We're best friends. So we sort of designed the show. We took on the whole project, the two of us. So it wasn't that the rest of the band wasn't critical and, and, we didn't have a feeling of a to- total band, but 
even on this last tour, you know, he, he would he would want to do something and he'd stick his head in the dressing room and say, Kane, come on. And it has nothing to do with the rest of the band not being as important. It's just the sort of connection that we made. So he was very, in, in other words, uh, we would be walking around the mall, right? And one of the, the other functions that I had was I was kind of a bodyguard. Nobody was going to fuck with him if, if I was, you know, so... It became one of those things. And so, so you know, I, I think that that photo shoot just started to gestate somehow on the road. And it was very quick. And Alice just said, hey, Kane, come on, we're going to do a photo shoot. That's all it was. It, it wasn't like a I don't want the rest of the band in it. It's basically that's what the function of, of this thing was in, in his mind. That I assumed, so this, yeah. Yeah. So and, and of course, you know. We both wanted to take pictures with him, you know, Steve Adler, all those guys. They're they're just fucking great people. So, um, so yeah, that's how it happened. I don't I don't want anybody to think there was some, you know, a lot of times on the road there aren't these, you know, meticulously uh, worked out decisions that are made, you know, to make sure that you know we hit the right demographic. You just it's just a it's a it's chaos, you know. So so that's how that night ended up. Yeah, I, I figured as much because the way he asked it, I'm like, I doubt that there's it was a, a purposeful decision not to have the rest of the band. It probably just yeah, no, materialized, no and that's who was available. But yeah. I wanted to make sure I asked his uh, his question. But um, you know, were they? Cause I've spoken to certain photographers that you know had to prop Izzy up or slash up anything like that were they all attentive no and- you know we we never experienced that okay we never experienced yeah there, there were not moments where i'd walk by and they you know we even would go to uh nightclubs uh i guess be after the show or the night before the show or whatever i didn't see anybody hammered i just never saw it so mm-hmm. but you know that doesn't mean it didn't happen jesus you know what i mean right right I, I know i know steve partied a little bit you know i like all those guys but no, nobody was ever during the show was having problems or whatever they're, they're, you know, it's it. I think it's. I think they're, you know, at that time and, and probably and still now, but the the center of everything that they do, the most important thing was was music, and and so th- that's what it was. And it didn't necessarily translate into going to music school or you know practicing seven hours a day. It wasn't that. It's just it's what it's who they were. So uh, I, I think that was of prime importance they wouldn't like it if somebody got on stage and they were just they couldn't perform sure sure absolutely uh yeah. one last question and then i'll you know want to get into everything that you have going sure. on currently and then the future sure. this is from wolf's retro come i come i with a k uh yeah. was kane offered to stay for the entire trash album and tour and if so did he have any songs or riffs that he wrote for that scenario by the way, I love seeing Freedom live last fall. Will go down as one of my favorite concert memories. Hmm. Well, that—that's uh, the thing is that I was still around. I was doing my record, mm-hmm. and by the way, Alice is writing with Des- Desmond Child, and so am I. Right. So you know, all the things were going on at the same time. I did write with them, but they ended up not using uh, a, a number of songs. One of them, they didn't use the song that I wrote with them. But they had they wanted me to come in and do a solo on bed of nails so by the time that record was being recorded i was no longer in the alice cooper band Got it. and you know I, this is a question a lot of people ask on the the newest thing like when they hired me i was never intended to replace nita it was basically you know i was, I was filling in for for the two months or 
whatever it was. So, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, like Anita came out and, and, and played one night and we were just laughing about the whole thing, you know, because, you know, we're friends and everything. And, and we both recognize that we have a lot of the same quote unquote responsibilities and all that stuff. We're just talking about it. But, um, you know, I was just talking to Alec, uh, literally, I must've been a week ago. Uh, he was talking about, uh, something else that we're going to do. So I, 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 you know, I, we were, I said, geez, you know, you have such a great band, you know, because I was talking about Nita and, and everybody. And I said, it must be very comfortable to go into a situation and it, it's just, it's a well-tuned machine and you know what to expect and, and they're good people. And he said, yes, it's a really comfortable situation for me. And, you know, not comfortable in the sense that it doesn't have an edge to it. I'm just saying he's happy with the people he's with. He and likes going to work. Show. He likes going to work. You know, Everybody and, and, wants you know, that. Nita, yeah. Nita's been in the band, what, eight, nine years, maybe 10? And like Chuck that. and those guys, it's all 15, 20 years. Ryan Roxy. That's his band. Yeah. I, I, my, my desire is not to go in and somebody leaves. You know, that's not my wow. that's not my goal. I don't think about that every day. Oh, yeah, so, totally. Yeah, no, I, today I, I, I am. Today I am. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I, 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 hey, I love that dry sense of uh, that's the northeastern in you that I appreciate too. It's just that sly, uh, you know, quick little. Like, what did he say? Oh, that was, that was oh, a joke yeah, in no, there. Did, like, I love all that. my friends. When I lived in New York, you know, I had one guy who used to say, "Hey, out the window, my sneakers." You know, it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? You know, it didn't matter. You know, you just throw the thing in. You know, it's a, it's a total like uh, New York humor, definitely. Oh, for sure. That's why I, I love it, and that's why I didn't ask you because I saw the recent interviews that you did talking about how that was going to be a just a temporary replacement while uh, she was uh, touring with Demi, and also something that I it's interesting, but I, I guess I now I understand it more because talking with you because you're just a humble yeah. guy that you felt that you stuck out. Like a, a sore thumb on, yeah, on stage. I know. Everybody but I mean, talked to me about that interview. But I mean, I, everyone. But I mean, you've been haven't you always done that since you've been Rambo? Exactly. <laughs> See, the thing is that that I put the band together. Because I I uh, I was the musical director. You know, quote unquote. I pulled my suspenders out. No, but I was. You know, that show was the 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 both tours and the second tour, especially the sort of culture of violence that we created. That's mm -hmm. something that I was just sort of embedded in. It was woven into every moment of it. This particular show has like an entirely different sort of atmosphere to it. It's not the same at all. Mm. So, uh, so I felt like, you know, this guy that was in that band is now here. And of course, you know, Nita is 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 a gorgeous female, you know, and now they get this like beast walking around, you know. I know. So, so th that's all I meant. I didn't feel like I didn't belong there. Oh. I just felt like, and you know, here, here's something that nobody saw. There was one night, and the people that were at the show will remember this, Alice fell. He fell as he was getting up on this little riser that you stood up on to do a solo, or he'd get up there to sing a line or whatever, and he fell. Now, one of my jokes with him was when I, sometimes I'd walk into the studio with a new producer or whatever, and I would walk like I had a wooden leg, and I'd say, if it wasn't for my leg, I'd have my own deal. And I'd walk through like I was pissed off, and everybody would thought I was serious. So that was, you know, the joke. So I said that to Alice, you know, during the tour. He falls down, and he comes walking by me going, if it wasn't for my leg, I could finish the show. You know what I mean? Just It's just, that's, we were that friendly on stage you know we we knew all of this it wasn't new to either of us so so i i just don't want people to think that 
you know, I, I didn't enjoy playing with them. It's a fucking amazing band. So for sure, and you alluded to because uh, I I completely respect and admire the, your your viewpoint. Like you appreciate your history and in time with that band, but you love what they are now. But you alluded to stuff in the future. So what in the future, whether it's touring or recorded material, like do you plan on working with with Alison? Yeah. Do you, well, let, let's put it this way. Or can you not I say is it a secret? Ex- I fully expect to play more live shows. Okay. So, and, and you know, I'm recording now. And one of the songs is one is, is going to be a song off the Raise Your Fist and Yell album. So I, I'm struck with, you know, whether how much of an advantage it is for Alice to sing on that. Because, you know, I, I'm not saying anything he does with me is an advantage to him. But I certainly don't want to step on, you know, the opportunity of him doing something and, you know, the, the blowback isn't uh, significant enough to make it, you know, let's let's say more ostensibly, uh, you know, profitable for him in some way. So so my my so but yeah, so I've got stuff I'm doing, but I'm going to, well, you know, we'll write together. You know, if he does another record, I'd like to do like I played on the song I wrote with him, Dead Don't Dance. And, you know, I, I, I can't see any reason why that's not going to happen again. Some other things are cooking, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep people you know, post it as we go along. That sounds good. Yeah, no, I love that. It's just the the possibilities are out there, and the the, the attitude is right. Uh, it's what you said before, just the faith is right. Uh, the love is still there. So I'm excited. And so we should see in the future, though, your, your follow-up, because you were working on the, the follow-up to your solo album, The New Normal, for a few years yeah. now. So is that what yeah. we could expect? I'm sure COVID threw it in a monkey wrench. So is that what we can expect in the future, near future? Yeah, or? yeah. No, we'll, we'll see the the, um, the 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 New Normal album. And, and the strange thing is, if you look at that cover, this is before COVID. So it's a girl wearing a mask and there's blood and it says the new normal. That's right. And I didn't even think about a, that. Wow. Alyssa pointed that out to me. It freaked her out. She said, do you realize, and, and you have a song called The Beginning of the End? She said, it's it's almost like you channeled something, you know, and we were laughing. And and uh, and by the way, one more thing I want to say about Alyssa. If, if you listen to, she does the whole growl thing, but then she sings. And, you know, check it out. It, it's just, it's insanely good. And, you know, I let her just do what she wants. I said, just sing on this section. Here's the lyrics, you know, do whatever you want. We didn't change one thing when it came back because her standard is, is and, and talent, you know, and, and her intellect is, is just, you know, perfect for music. She's just really great at it. So, so you know, with, with the new normal, uh, it was kind of, you know, everybody says, well, you know, one of the things that has to happen is the record company has to, it, it's, it's like a marriage. There has to be somebody there that's an evangelist for you. Mm. You know, they can't have, you know, I can't have the wrong attitude, like I'm some tough guy, a genius or whatever, and they can't come at you like that. A lot of companies are very cold, and you have a manager that sort of intercedes and like is a buffer between the two entities if, if there's a potential problem arising. But, you know, we didn't have that. So I didn't really have problems with them in terms of, you know, my relationship with them. It's just, it's just, you know, certain things didn't match. I mean, they're not, I know they're not crazy. I mean, I'm very, as you can tell, you know, I, I, I can talk, you know, and so <laughs> if, if I get, if I get like, you know, it, it, I'll come at you pretty hard, not, not out of, uh, you know, being some, 
some sort of uh, I'm not angry or malicious. You're passionate. About it. You're a passionate yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm just trying to get this shit done. So it, it didn't work out. Now, Serafino and, and Mario, the, those two guys, they're, they're awesome. And they, they got a, a nice business model, Frontiers. So it just was not it just wasn't a, a match made in heaven by any stroke of the imagination. And then, you know, the, what what I believe records require, especially, you know, if, if somebody hasn't been around for a while, is, is a certain amount of marketing, you know, money that has to be spent. Mm. You know, all, all these uh, records that come out on YouTube, you know, the ones that sort of get a big jump, not all of them, but those, you know, there was some money thrown at, at, at Google, at, at YouTube to get that jumpstart. So this, they, they don't do things like that in, in my belief, and, and, you know, so, and, but they did some good things. So, you know, I'll never sit here and, and complain about it. It's just, you know, a matter, matter of, uh, methodology and you know i'm fucking cool and they're not as cool no no i'm kidding that's that's i'm, no, I'm kidding serafino that's I, a joke i i totally get it and i and i respect that and i and i because i mean i'm not in your world but just in my world what i've dealt with i kind of do get it you got to wait for the stars to align the right people and i'm sure the it right will people and yeah no yeah. I, and i'm sure it will but whatever i'm regardless the I, fact I got that, like two years left but i appreciate the sentiment no no <laughs> i'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, i i i whatever the timeline is i'm looking forward to the future for kane roberts and seeing what's to yeah. come so for yeah, people is the best way for people to keep in touch with you with on facebook kane roberts fb page or on instagram that's how i contact you uh, you know on instagram my my there's somebody named kane roberts so i put kane's kane roberts x that is legitimately me and 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 facebook i'm pretty easy to find um there's a few pretenders out there but you'll be able to tell when it's me so that's the best way to get in touch with me and you know uh, people that do they'll know that i always respond i respect everybody's opinion you know it's, i'm not like you know <laughs> one of the guys that kills me and i you know by, by the way sebastian is a great guy i mean people don't know him they think he's like too abrasive and all this stuff he's he's a really cool funny guy and and he's just he's amped up you know <laughs> so you know if, if somebody says the wrong thing you know they're going to hear it from him. he's going to knocking all sort of shit off the guy's head but but uh, i you know i don't do that i keep things really just kind of copacetic if somebody's just you know getting a little fucking way over the top negative especially to somebody else right like if somebody's bagging on another musician or whatever yeah i, I usually I'll, I'll i'll cancel on them but you know 99 times out of 100 i'll respond you know, and I read all the, the messages and stuff. So absolutely. Yeah. So that's the best way. Well, thank you for reading my message in this time today, Kane. I, I hope we get to do this again. Yeah, no, we should. Like, you know, maybe like when I got uh, some stuff coming out at the end of the year, yeah. maybe, you know, I'll call you up and you'll go, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I can't. That's all good. That's all good. Uh, all right, man. So, so thank you so much. And, and so as we wrap up, uh, next episode, we're going to have uh, actually, uh, I don't know, a friend of yours, somebody you worked with, we spoke about before, Desmond Child, coming back awesome. on the podcast. Uh, Jared Weeks from the band Saving Abel, who is a very weird, unique six degrees of GNR bacon, so stay tuned for that. But as far as this episode is concerned, uh, it is done. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know as soon as the word, but you'll see it. security, I'm going home.